Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Welcome back to Trot's Life for your Wednesday edition and our next guest is a HRV steward. It's our second in hopefully a series of three or four of these, but there's a bit of a reluctance around uh, getting these stewards on, let me tell you. Uh, they're not in it for the limelight, unlike someone like me that loves a bit of uh, media time. I don't think some of the stewards do. And Scotty Gillespie's on the line there. Firstly, Scotty, mate, uh, how are you and whereabouts are you today? Uh, no, off day for me today, Sobe. So, uh yeah, a couple of things to do in the office, but, uh, yeah, not on track today, mate. There's a big go. People wouldn't realise that. It's not just uh, attending race days. There's actually office days back at uh, Flemington where you where you do things back at the office, like getting prepared for race meetings, etc. Uh, yeah, so there's always one of us, at least in the office, uh, Monday to Friday, uh, Getting getting all the stuff sorted for meetings upcoming, and also going through all the the paperwork and free plays etc. From uh, the meetings the night before, so yeah, there's always uh, a few hours work in the office every day for whoever's rostered in there. Yeah, I'm sure everything's got its uh, pros and cons, mate. But I'd sort of prefer to be at the track than back at the office. But then it might be a bit peaceful back at the office compared to being at the track, I suppose. Yeah, no, it's it sort of breaks up your week a little bit. Um, you know, we're on track probably you know, anywhere between two and four meetings a week, I guess. Um, but, you know, it's it's the opposite at the moment. It's a bit different to probably what it was pre-COVID, obviously, with a lot of people still working from home. So yeah. there's not too much going on in the office, but uh, so it sort of lets you get done what needs to be done uh, quickly and, um, yeah, get back to enjoy some uh, time off. Now, unlike uh, Barry, I might have to ask you a couple of questions. I only needed the one for Barry, I think, for the half an hour segment that we did. <laughs> but uh, the great man he is, Barry, he'll be listening in. It was a great chat with him. Tell us, mate, a bit about your background and growing up. And were you in, involved in the trots or, or anything like that? Or harness racing or greyhounds or gallops? Or were you just a, just a general kid that just liked uh, and followed the racing? Tell us a bit about your background and if you had any involvement as a kid. Uh, nothing sort of on a, a uh, too involved directly in racing as such. So, yeah, growing up with my grandparents, uh, we used to uh, do the do the horse sits every Saturday afternoon and listen to the wireless and sit around and listen to that. And if we uh, if if Nan wasn't uh, down the backyard and getting upset about Melbourne losing, she, uh, we'd be yeah cheering on the horses. So mainly thoroughbred racing all the way through my my life. Um, still follow it. Now, greyhounds and, and harness, not so much, um, mainly from what you just sort of watch on, on Sky and listen to it on the radio, I guess. But, um, yeah, I've just uh, been thoroughbred racing and, and sport of any kind, really, since I've been a young bloke anyway. So you picked a few things up from your nan by the sounds of it. Uh, she didn't mind having a listen to the bet, and uh, I'm pretty sure you're a, you're a pretty devout uh, Melbourne man too, aren't you? 
Uh, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's been a tough couple of weeks as opposed to last year, but um, I spent forty odd years thinking we'd never get one. So uh, to get one last year was nice. A shame Nan Nan and Nan Empire weren't around to see it. But um, anyway, we go again next year, I guess. Yeah, we butter up I'm um, a Bulldogs man, mate, so we don't need to talk footy whatsoever. So uh, I think it's cricket season, I think. Yeah, that's it, cricket season. Or, or for you, it might be snow season still. There's that standard old, <laughs> that standard old Melbourne joke, you know. Now, <laughs> so you get to sort of 18, 19, 20, and uh, you're not that age anymore, of course, and you kick off a career in what or what did you head into doing? Did you go to university and study to be a, a lawyer or where did your life kick off like that? No, like once I finished school, I wasn't too keen on keeping on studying. So I um, took up a uh, hospitality traineeship, did that for a couple of years, just working in a couple of sports clubs, one which was a uh, Springvale footy club back in the days when they were still back in the VFA. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I did that. Did that for a couple of years and then, um, yeah, went into transport actually. So um, logistics, operational type work with a, and did that for 16 years. So I did that with uh, three or four different companies sort of in between times and uh, was in that for 16 years with one year, one one gap in between where I spent a year overseas um, doing a bit of travelling and the like. So, but um, yeah, and sort of got to the end of that and needed, needed a change. So you're sort of plodding along at that and, I suppose you need a change. And were you keeping your eye out for jobs and looking at Seek or what? Like, I know you, you took up Greyhound work as a Greyhound steward. So how exactly did that come about? Uh, it probably just got to the stage where working sort of, you know, starting early and working sort of late in the afternoon and, you know, with two kids at home, it just got to the stage where you weren't seeing them a hell of a lot. You weren't seeing them wake up in the morning and you'd, yeah. you'd be struggling to see them later. You know, in the afternoons, and just all became a bit too much. And I, I wanted to get away from working, sort of, um, well, what most people would term normal hours, I guess. So it was, it's, uh, you don't probably hear too many people say that they're happy to work weekends and nights. But to me, yeah, the change was a bit. Uh, I'm not so much difficult. It was just more, to, more difficult probably for the wife and kids back at home. But uh, it didn't take long to adjust, and it's just um, works out better for for all of us now, it's like working the hours that I do. So. No, it was a, yeah. certainly a good change to make. Yeah, hundred percent. So, what got you into the greyhounds? Uh, just by chance, really. We spent a week or two up in Queensland, and I was dreading going back to work. And uh, yeah, come tell Lisa, my wife, and she's. I walked in on Monday morning and resigned, and I rang her. She wasn't overly pleased because didn't have a job to go to. Yeah. And uh, yeah, about three three hours later, I got a call from. Um, Grain Race Victoria offering me, well, an interview initially, um, which all sort of, um, yeah, moved, moved into that straight away. So it all sort of uh, all worked out in the end. So it sort of probably made my decision a lot uh, a lot easier uh, leaving transport when I did to walk straight into to another job. And I, I, I know it sounds strange, but organising logistics and everything, there would be some carryover to stewarding. Like, you wouldn't think of it on the surface, but I'm sure, you know, being organised and all those things and prepared and planned and would all carry over into stewarding as well. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's certainly some, some, um, some skills that I, I took over to, to stewarding. Um, you know, even on track, dealing with a lot of, you know, different people and yeah. people from different backgrounds and um, all that sort of thing. So, yeah, I think it, it sort of pointed me in the right direction anyway to, to give me a bit of a head start moving across. Um, 
15, sort of, you know, like 30s, I guess, when I, when I actually made the move, had a fair bit of um, you know, life, life experience, experience, I like to think, behind me. Anyway. Yeah. Now, t- tell us a bit about uh, being a greyhound steward. And I know we were joking at the trots the other day about getting two greyhounds in the room and asking about the interference on the first corner. Clearly, there's none of that happens. And on the service, you'd sort of think, well, what exactly does a greyhound steward have to do? Yeah, no, no. Listening to listening to Barry uh, <laughs> give us a recount of that interview was even, uh, those, yeah, those interviews was even more amusing. But anyway, um, no, look, I, I guess um, greyhound stewarding, as opposed to to, to harness, uh, lot there's a lot more going on, I guess, harness wise to to keep you know to keep a look on pre race during the race and obviously post race as opposed to what there is greyhounds. Um, so there's a lot more involved in the harness side of things and. Um, I probably got the stage at Greyhound where I felt as though I'd sort of got to a level that I could then push on and use those skills um, in a not so much a, a, a tougher scenario, but uh, just just where there's a lot more a lot more to take in. Uh, I've been lucky yeah, yeah. since coming across the harness to to work with a lot of good you know experienced stewards that have um, you know, still till today are, are helping me along, and there's new things you pick up every day. Um, yeah, as, as you'd be well aware, that, you know, there's not two meetings where uh, they all run exactly the same. So, it's no, not 100. percent And it's there's a fair team there, isn't there? You don't sort of a lot of people wouldn't realise it, but the the stewards a very close knit bunch and uh, a lot of great camaraderie amongst them. And I'm sure it wouldn't have taken you long to realise that and just feel like you're just part of that team. Yeah, no, it certainly didn't. Um, you know, obviously starting a new job is um, is always a little bit daunting, even though you, you you're confident that you can, can can do the job. But yeah, no, walking into um, you know, a, a steward room with you know with Brett Day, Nick Murray, uh, Grant Adams, Adrian Crow, they've all got a lot of experience behind them, um, and even you know working with Barry and and Devs. Uh, on an irregular basis, uh, there's there's a lot of experience there, a lot of knowledge that you know I'm certainly you know taking taking in from the start and still taking in today. So, but uh, yeah, look, we, we we enjoy the company of each other as well, um, you know. But when there's work to be done, it gets done, and that's the main thing. Is it? We we have a lot of trainers on, and we hear their background. They worked with. Barry Purden and then they worked with, you know, Chris Alford and then they worked for John McCarthy and they all say, you know, they got a little bit from each of them. Is that similar for you with all those names you just mentioned, the Brett Days and Nick Murrays and Grant Adams and Barry Delaney's? You can just, as you're learning the, the craft of stewarding a harness race as opposed to a greyhound race, are you just taking a little bit from each of them, if that makes sense? Yeah, I think you have to. I think, yeah, there's no point sort of adopting... You know, any any one individual exactly. I think, you know, I I do things differently to to how you know Brett, Nick, and Grant would do things normally. But picking up the way they go about it in different scenarios and and sort of putting them into play myself. Uh, yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. You got to um, yeah, just t- take it all in as you go and use what use what you can, um, you know, to get to get the right result. At the end. Tell us. Um... Oh, I've just lost me. I just had a question in my head. I was listening to your answer, and then I've lost the uh, question, mate. Um, the travel and everything. You do a fair bit of travel, and and you're the eastern side of town. There's not a lot of race meetings the eastern side of town, but 
uh, there's a fair burden on the travel as well? Yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, as opposed to Greyhounds, we've sort of got, or yes, had and still got half a dozen tracks out the east of Melbourne. So most of my work was done at those tracks, whereas, yeah, as you say, Harness is a lot different. Um, we've only sort of got the three three tracks out this side being Yarrabrally, Cranbourne and Warrigal. So, um, yeah, fair bit of travel. Um, you know, there's not a lot of time we are actually, where I'm actually travelling on my own. So there's always usually, you know, a couple of us in the car, which makes those long trips a little bit easier to get through and, um, yeah, some amusing tales get told on uh, trips to and from the track, as you can imagine. <laughs> Best horse you've seen so far, mate, in, in just... How, when did you start? It must be nearly two years now, but what is the best horse you've seen over the last couple of years? Uh, yeah, about eight, yeah, 18 months I started, so, um, yeah, it's gone quick, even, uh, even you know, been lucky, obviously, through COVID to to keep on racing and to, um, yeah, just not, not much has changed at, uh, at my end, which has been very lucky. Um, I guess just uh, seeing Lock and Bar Art up, up close and personal, or back now recently, obviously there's a fair bit of time off, but uh, yeah, no, it's you know, probably probably the best one I've, I've seen since I've been working here. Um, but yeah, there's uh, certainly some... some Good up and coming horses uh, coming through. That's for sure. That um, you know it makes makes working that little bit more enjoyable when you've got um, some really really good horses that are running at the race meeting. Certainly does, and you get a bird's eye view of them right up close and personal as well. Scotty, mate, thanks thanks a million for coming on. Been uh, great to get to know you a little bit and hear a little bit about your journey. And it just shows that you just never know where your life can head in many regards, isn't it? You can be organising logistics one day, a greyhound steward the next, and seemingly probably only felt like a day later you were you were walking in as a HRV steward. So who knows where a, your life can head and who knows where our next steward will come from. So, Scotty, thanks a million for coming on, mate. No worries. Thanks, Wombat. Right, let's get to the news and we'll come back the other side of the news and we'll see if we can catch up with a tip or two, possibly from Darren Carroll. Uh, we'll have snuck that out of the Gareth Hall show in a little bit of uh, magic that happens uh, behind the scenes with radio. And then Garrick Knight in our regular segment with Gary Knight, Garrick Knight, our weekly segment, will catch up on all the things from around the HRNZ space into Australia.